Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, and other people who are slightly insane, today's guest hails all the way from Belfast, Northern Ireland. He has worked for promotions such as SWA, Three Count Wrestling, ICW, PWU, Our Friends at Progress, WCPW, Rev Pro, GWF, WWE, New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, many, many more. Uh, I, I, it, we haven't got this long to go through. This man's career is long, successful, and incredible. He has held titles across so many promotions. So let me get this out now. The SWA Tag Champions, W3L Heavyweight Championship, Unified Scottish Tag Championships, XWA British Heavyweight Championship, ICW Heavyweight Championship, WCPW World Champion, Reckless Intent Heavyweight Champion, Reckless Intent Hardcore Champion, WWE NXT Tag Champions, Progress World Championship, Progress Atlas Championship, and so many more I cannot breathe whilst I'm doing this all in one breath. Championships. He is a natural champion. He is a beast. He is big. He is big. Damo! Good for you. I mean, all in one breath. That was quite impressive, actually. You know? <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> How are we doing, Big Damo, today? A wonderful introduction. Thank you very much for that. Uh, some uh, some memory lane trips already for me. Thank you very much. But uh, no, very good today. It's uh, it's ten a.m. here in Florida. It's hot as balls. So it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It is fantastic. Thank you. Oh, well, for many others, this is this is a debut as well for our man Craig here. He is the debut. He had the lovely conversation with Damo. So of course, it is only right that we get the Scottish sensation in with us. How are we doing, Craig? You're all right today, my friend. I am all good. Uh, very excited to have this uh, podcast on and uh, get me a uh, big demo on. So, um, let's go on with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we always do, I'm going to talk about something that I've done some digging as far back as I can go. You know what the internet's like, so may not be correct, but around about, one of your first few couple of matches. Take your mind back, Big Damo. 2005. Long old time ago. I'll be honest. If you remember it, I'm impressed because I don't remember last week. You had a tag team match against the Lowlanders in Belshing, Scotland for the SWA tag team title match. I'm assuming it's not your very first match. And, you know, please, if you would like to talk about that and what you remember from that, it's always an interesting one for the memory lane. But what do you remember from this match as this is obviously the, the earliest that I could find? No, I think that's my first official match was was at SWA in Bells Hill there. And like it was, um, I'd done a bunch of matches, closed door, you know, dark matches, whatever, whatever they're called. Um, but this was my official. I was debuting with uh, with Pete O'Neill as uh, 
um, perfectly natural. I think it was the name yeah, of the tag yeah. team. And uh, one of my opponents in the in the other team, Grant Dunbar, went on to become Grado, as uh, as some people may or may not know. And back then he was uh, he was very different, shall we say? He was. Um, I think he was maybe 17 years old. He was an emo kid. He had like this mad dyed hair. He used to sing in an emo band. And uh, for real. And uh, he was incredibly, uh, he was a proper indie worker. He used to do all these sick moves. <laughs> I think I think I'm ruining people's illusion of Grado here. And uh, he was, uh, but he had way more personality backstage than he did in Ring. In Ring, he was trying to be cool. And uh, it's amazing. Like when he realized like how we loved the guy backstage like he was just so much fun and once he realized that that was the you know the, the money maker like he ended up doing very fucking well for himself so um but yeah that was my first official match um and i'd uh, i'd been with swa for a while i first started training um as a really once a week because you know i was just trying to figure out if i could and then I, as I, I realized it was getting it was getting better at it. It did not come easy to me at all. Uh, but as I was getting better, I started going two or three times a week, and that made all the difference. And my my development was so fast from there. I was I was traveling with my friend Scott Rennick, who I eventually became a, a tag team partner with. Um, and it just meant we were bouncing ideas off each other the entire time because I was living in Edinburgh, traveling through to to Linwood, which is just outside uh, Paisley, which is you know a few miles from Glasgow. So. It was a it was a bit of a drive, and be, to be able to go there with with Scott like really helped um, helped advance it for me. Whereas previously, I would get a bus from uh, where I lived in Edinburgh to the bus station in Edinburgh to Glasgow, and then Glasgow to Paisley, Paisley Linwood. So I made it made a bit of a um, a, a pig's ear of the the actual travel getting there, but it was you know needs must and everything else. But at first, it was it was once a week, and then eventually it became multiple times a week. So it goes from you know like a hobby to a you know, a part-time job, then a part-time job to a full-time job, full-time job to a career. You know, it, it literally was a, a slow transition. But that first year, first couple of years, um, was just, you know, the, the completely opening your eyes to the complete difference of what you thought wrestling is to what it actually is. And and then even then, like, you know, you start traveling, you know, around Britain, going to different schools and realizing, like, where you can, you know, pick up more from and, and, and you wrestle people like who a lot more experienced than you, but those first few years were mental. And like the, this was just before the recession. So like houses were pretty decent, but it was, uh, it was still like, you know, very amateurish, you know, level of, of, of British wrestling. Wow. Well, and for anyone that is listening, that is a pure love of this industry. What you were doing to begin with, incredible and obviously all that traveling and stuff so to me that that shows how much you had determination to be within this industry so it's incredible well i moved to i moved to scotland from northern ireland to, to, to find well, a wrestling school so that, that was that's a bit bigger than you know taking a wee jolly every every sunday to, <laughs> i mean but, I, but listen like I, I know there's people who, who travel to america and stuff like that to do to go to fine schools and whatever else so um, my my story is not the the most exciting out of anybody, but it was you know I had to change my life and it was the best decision I've made. You know the friends I made along the way and everything else. Um, you know the decision I I I could have chose to go. There was three other schools I was looking at. There was one Kent. There was one in Manchester, uh, and there was another one. I'm trying to remember where it was. Um, and like I, I made the decision right. I'll I'll go to the one in just outside Glasgow because I can live in Edinburgh. I've got friends in Edinburgh. Like I, I was able to pick up a uni course there. Like pretend to go to uni um and then uh, 
and then uh, go through for, for training where, where I could. And, and then I, as like, you know, as the, the years advanced and like the, the scene picks up, it ended up being a brilliant place for me to, to be positioned because the, the Scottish scene, as, as everybody's seeing now, um, has utterly exploded, you know, in, in that 15, 20 years that, that I've been a part of it. Um, and so many of them are now in Dudley and, and everything else. So, you know, it, it's it gives you an idea that the talent level was there, just at the very ground level <laughs> at that point. So, <laughs> You're building blocks, Damo, building blocks. Absolutely, absolutely. There we go. Well, I mean, I know, I know, I'm, I'm not going to hold back because I know Craig has got lots of questions. He is the man. He is, he's the Scotsman in all this. He knows you. He knows your career. Go on, Craig. I know you've got some questions. So, like, the first thing that I was wanting to obviously ask you about is you also mentioned that you had a, the partnership with uh, Scott Rennick, who obviously I know from being here as well, like, he's wrestled with the promotions from like SWE and stuff like that as well but how did that like did that partnership just naturally happen and when that happened like when you were on the road is that when you would speak about your matches and like when you were winning titles how did that feel winning title with someone that you were a close friend with uh, so like Scotty was this this brilliant fella um the moment I met him, I was like, "This, he's a, he, first of all, he's got the, the worst dad jokes alive." Before he had children, he was the utter worst, and then he had children, and it just, it just exploded, you know. Um, <laughs> now, so Scott, Scotty's a brilliant fella, and I, I just got on really well with him and his entire family, actually. Um, and like, he was just one of those people who uh, I'm blessed to have met when when I did. Um, we, um, so we were really close friends, and it was three CW. Um, the fellow who went on to be Dragon Aizu at the time um, was, he, he kind of cherry-picked the both of us out of out of the two tag teams we were in. And he said, we like you to come down and, and, and do this for us. And they gave us like the, the name Britain's Most Wanted, which uh, definitely not true at the time. <laughs> but uh, it was, you know, it was a cool name and we were able to, you know, something we were able to play with and try and try and work with. Um, and, you know, for the two of us, you know, we started like kind of learning, you know, how to be like a fun tag team, whatever else. And at this kind of period, like you've got the likes of Motor City Machine Guns on television who were doing really like breathtaking stuff, you know. Because um, I'd, I'd been into like, this is this is me going back, but like the Backseat Boys in, in CCW and stuff like that had kind of wow. influenced, yeah, they'd kind of influenced a lot of people. And like, I, like I really like watching a lot of their stuff because I was a tape trader. Um, and I'd be trying to find, uh, you know, the, the most unusual stuff. And um, I got really into, like, Dragon Gate and stuff like that as well, or Torimon before Dragon Gate. So these kind of in-and-out sequences were something that I'd really, like, kind of picked up on. So when Scotty and I started, first of all, started teaming, you know, we, we'd slowly trying to figure out ways to put these things in. Um, and then I think Machine Guns really, like, showcased how to do it in, like, the American style of wrestling. So that really helped, like, um, really helped us kind of figure out how we wanted to present ourselves do a couple of cool things here and there, and then as we as we got more individual, like we started figuring out ways to you know, to shine as the, the two of us. But Scotty was Scotty was an incredible fella, and you know he's had the, some of the worst luck possible when it comes to his health. He uh, had double uh, uh, double kidney failure, um, but as a uh, he got very lucky, he managed to get a um, an operation and you know saved his life. But he was he was one of the fellas who could have done anything in wrestling. He was a wonderful baby face. He looked he looked for all intents and purposes like a villain when you when you first see him. But his in ring style is just the, the, the consummate white meat baby face. He was so good, and it was it was exactly who he was outside of the ring because everybody loved him. So, <laughs> but he was uh, 
it was brilliant for me because you know I was more of a villain, um, so I was having to learn how to be a booby face with Scotty. So that that helped a lot, and we had a lot of fun together, and we travelled like insane roads to, together. Like to be honest, like when we were trying to get work, you you would be travelling six seven hours, um, you know, for yeah, a five minute match or whatever, just to try and <laughs> just to try and get your name out there, and, and like that was just 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 what you did. But um, Scotty was a, ple- a ple- absolute pleasure to travel with the entire time. Pleasure to bounce ideas off, and we had so much fun along the way. Um, I think I nearly made him crash a few times, so, but it's okay. <laughs> they're always the fun. They're all, as long as it wasn't the actual crash there, but they're always the fun stories where you go, uh, you know, oh, what's that? And yeah, oh, amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm as I said, I've met Scotty a few times um, through SWE and stuff like that. Last time I seen Scotty was last year. He got inducted to the SWE Hall of Fame, um, so he came and. Thank the crowd and actually refereed a match. Um, oh, brilliant! Was the first time, last time he's been in ring f- for a while. He, he was saying so. I was good to see him again, and um, so that was that's a nice gesture as well. So hopefully one day you'll be in the SW Hall of Fame if David gets his head at his bum. So we'll see. But as well as that, like as you as we've touched on, you have won numerous titles. Um, you have been like W3L tag champs, uh, SWE World Heavyweight Champion, and Progress Champ. Out of all the titles, which one would be one of your favourites? You won, and why is it one of the favourites? Uh, honestly, probably the ICW belt because I won it in Belfast. So it was the first time ICW had been to Northern Ireland, um, and like we had a thousand people there, almost. There was people who I didn't even know were coming, like from my childhood, from you know relatives even of mine who like you know I didn't know until they were there. So uh, and we had this you know incredible setup and everything else. Even my grandmother, she, she died like a, like well a year later. So it was amazing to even have had uh, like had her there. I think it was, no, she died that year actually. So you know th- there was a lot of um, a lot of things really happened, very emotional. But it was it was an absolutely incredible experience, and you know us. Coming over for the first time to Belfast, putting a thousand people selling out the the arena was just amazing. It was a testament to where ICW was at the time. Um, but other than that, like winning the, the the progress title in Sheffield was was nuts. Um, it was very uh, very last minute. So, <laughs> and uh, we we had a, honestly it was a wonderful time, uh, and it was a big surprise for the fans and stuff as well because you know you're not sure what to expect on the the non-London shows. So it kind of gave us that um, anything can happen. You know, no matter where we go. So I think that's. That's helped a lot with the mentality for how you maybe Progress want to design the shows going forward, and and I respect that because it's very easy to you know to put all your stories in London, for example. But um, I made the decision to do it in Sheffield, which which is very cool. So yeah, you know, I've I've had a lot of luck with what's that? Sorry, was it was a shock? I didn't see it coming. <laughs> Did not see it coming. You know, I'm big demo buddy, you know, so I'm no, just saying, no. you know. <laughs> I, expected it, I expected it, but more in London, if I'm very honest. No, exactly, but that's the point, isn't it? So, so it ended up being this very cool moment for the fans, and, you know, I'm hoping that the next time we're back in Sheffield, like, they realise, oh, my God, like, anything can happen here. So, and, that, you know, that's that, that's how we have to look at it, because, you know, to, to grow the likes of ICW Progress, you know, you have to make decisions like that. You know, you have to try and extend your audience where you where, where possible because especially like ICW, like really pretty much maximized its possible potential because it, you know, ran the Hydro in Glasgow, got six, seven thousand people, whatever it was, which is outrageous for an independent company. And I know that like for the likes of Progress, that has to be an overall goal, like to to 
to run like Wembley uh, Arena and stuff like that you know, because you know you've got that that facility there that needs to be needs to be a, a goal like for for down the line um so the, this is the thing like you know, for the companies to make these decisions to to do things outside of the the original territory is is really smart and it helps grow the brand elsewhere and hopefully pays off for them long term um but yeah those two probably stand up there but don't get me wrong that the, the, there's so many other ones that, that that you know I was very blessed like when Scotty and I won the tag belts um the first time together you, you know I do my best to remember but we, we we ended up in this incredible uh uh feud with uh bt gun and his partner making we, we had a lot of fun matches at the time and you know but there, there's there's so many like honestly there's so many others there that that, that all worked out great for me so <laughs> <laughs> the man no, with that's... many championships yeah well thankfully like the i had them all different times so i didn't have to take them all in the same uh the same case <laughs> <laughs> but say, the tra- i bet you that would have weighed it down big time <laughs> like honestly see the lads who do that and i'm like ah, it's brilliant for the photos but see trying to get one through security here in america is a fucking nightmare <laughs> <laughs> i heard i heard, who was it that um when obviously because you know you, you did win you won the nxt tag team champs um so I did hear that there was a while back, not with yourself, but just trying to get through tag team gold. Sometimes people put it together, then it goes over the weight limit. Then, and you just think you get, um, oh, was it TSA over in the States asking questions? Is it real? Is it the fake? Is it? If you oh, I had, a guy, I had a guy take the belt out, put it on himself and take photos and everything. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's like... <laughs> You're just like, you know, I've got to get a plane, you know, <laughs> can, I, can, I, can we go? <laughs> um, and even like, so the, the, one of the, the, I think it was the Progress Atlas title recently, um, kept flagging up on the, uh, on, on the sensor. So you know, like I had the world title didn't seem to have that much of an issue, but the, the Atlas one, every single time I, I got stopped. And at this point I've got a TSA pre-check. So like, cause I've been in the country for so long, whatever. So I, I kind of generally get through security really quickly, but the Atlas title every time, out of cam uh, and like because they were just so like what is this and are you a boxer you know it's, you know, it's always and i'm like that look like a fucking boxer like you know what i mean like, that's the one of my favorite one of my favorite uh uh compliments i guess is that people think i'm a boxer you know um but the uh for some reason the atlas title was, was the the bane of the tsa uh scanner so um, to, to whoever's going to have that in the next few years, uh, Ricky Nigeria, good luck, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot leave England. You can't leave anywhere. Stay in the country. Oh, amazing. Amazing. No, it's, that's, it's, that's, thanks for that. Uh, in 2010, you joined ICW for the very first time. How did it come about? How did then it come about with Matt Dallas and you joining ICW? And then do you... But I'm not 100%, I don't know this part, but do you remember your first match in ICW at all? Um, so I, I think I did a couple of little bits here and there for ICW uh, under different gimmicks. Um, the roster really started growing at that point, so we'd all been wrestling like eight years or something. So, it, you know, the talent was really starting to shine through and they started developing a great cult crowd. Um, at first, like, I, I even said this to Mark Dallas years ago, I was like, at first I, I didn't get it. You know, I didn't really see why it was... You know, it was the same roster as everywhere else, but it, you know it was it was exploding. Um, and then I went to see one of their live shows. Um, they were doing one at a comedy club. Uh, I'm just trying to remember the name. And it was just underneath the the cinema there in Glasgow. And it was it was a really cool area. 
Um, and like, I just felt it, that I realized what the buzz was and why people were into it. And I, I said to him, I was like, I totally get it now. <laughs> um, and then like, I, I did a bunch of, you know, in and out, did dates under, under different gimmicks and whatever else. Um, and I think, I'm trying to think what my first match was there. Like, um, actually, uh, I couldn't tell you, but I, I know that I came back and I did can. the off. I can, I can. What, what was my first ICW match? Uh, BMW defeating Raging Storm. Oh, wow. When was that? That was the Comedy Central Halls in Glasgow. I, I don't even remember that. So that's, uh, <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. I, I remember I remember doing the Ofcom 4 on 4 where Grado made his debut and all that. That grabbed us 2012, I think. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, the uh, Just the, the whole concept behind it was um, Ofcom trying to take ICW off uh, of television, whatever. And then we ended up actually having the real Ofcom. <laughs> It made us not do it, so <laughs> so it was very funny. Um, but we, um, so I remember that a bit more, and then I came back then as as demo, and then big demo later on. But um, I was still like in between gimmicks and in between sizes at this point because I was kind of like, uh, let me see, I'd started like powerlifting and stuff in like 09, 10, um, and I'd started finding the how I wanted my image to be over eleven and twelve. Um, and then, like, I, I think I debuted in ICW in, in the, or re-debuted in, in 2013. And, like, Billy Kirkwood, the, the ICW commentator, um, just out of nowhere called me the Beast of Belfast. And that was the that was the light bulb moment. And, and it just, it made everything that I'd been kind of looking for clicked on that, like, literally that day. Because before that, I'd been, like, shaving and tanning and all this kind of stuff and not really knowing how I wanted to present myself. Um, but him calling me the Beast of Belfast, I was like, shit, I'm going to go with that. Like, that was... And I, I, like, he hates that I, I put him over for this on a regular basis. He hates it, right? Because um, like, for him, for him, for him, it's it's literally nothing. He's like, he's an utter genius. But I'm like, Billy, if it wasn't for you, this would have took a lot longer for me to figure out, you know. Um, but Billy Kirkwood, incredible comedian. But you know, he's the, the commentator for ICW. We, we've always been blessed to have him there. Um, he could literally be doing anything else. <laughs> That's the. But he just likes wrestling. So. Um, but Billy, uh, Billy gave me that name and that was it. You know, that, that, that set me off in this path. You know, I was always, always a really hairy guy, but, you know, stop shaving it. Um, you know, I grew out my hair. I let my beard continue to grow. Like, er- everything all happened. And the fact that I was at this point 21, 22 stone, um, and it just all kind of fell into place. You know, I, I changed my wrestling gear and that was it. I was good to go. And, like, I, I then, like, immediately... You know, companies that have previously been like trying to get work for were like, um, "Hi, uh, we, we would like to uh, bring you down to you know." And it was because I, I'd found an image that um, you know that that wasn't you know on the market. So you know, it really helped that like the timing was everything. Um, I started doing like commercials and stuff like that for Lexus and whatever. Like, I, I, all these things kind of all happened all at the same time, and uh, because I now suddenly looked like. Um, and I know you suddenly look like you know something different. Like I got approached by casting directors for for Game of Thrones and things like that. But I, I couldn't. You know, the, the only worst part was that, that was that was a bit later as I was on my way to Dublin, so I, I couldn't. Uh, I, I couldn't make. It would have been like probably like extended extras or whatever. But it was all these things happening around the same time was nuts, and it was because I looked the way I did. You know, I was I was a, a giant troll. You know what I mean? So it, it was a really simple. Um, difference whereas before i had short hair i'd stubble i looked like everybody else and i, I was trying to yeah I, I always got compliments you know people always say oh you're really good in ring you know but you know and once i kind of figured out the the this this look this image it really helped because I, I'd, I'd been spending a lot of time with robbie brookside over 2010 2011 2012 
we would travel down from Glasgow to Leicester, which is about four or five hours. And it was the best time spent because I think I learned more in in that six month period than maybe year period than, than I had in, in years. And, you know, we, we got to, we brought Robbie up then for a couple of weeks, you know, he would come and really like do two sessions a day training um, in Glasgow. It really helped a lot of people. And you can see how many people have succeeded since. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, correlations, you know, <laughs> um, but but we brought him up, you know, for for like two weeks at a time, and he would do two sessions a day, and like we'd be picking his brain, and you know, then you know, I'd I'd be sitting talking to him, you know, personally, and he'd be like, okay, you know, you're really good, but what's your X factor? You know, why? He says you're as good as anybody on TV. So, and I, this is the first time I've heard these things, so I'm like, oh Christ, so that's that's amazing. <laughs> um, but he's like, you know, what what is your X factor? And what is you know what what's the reason that you need to be on these shows? And, you know, I. And then in the, the six months to the year after that, you know, you start figuring it out. Um, you know, and, and as I said, Billy Kirkwood and whatever, you know, it all kind of came together at the same time. And so by the end of 2013 into 2014, I knew who I wanted to be. And uh, it was all about like pushing the boat out and really, you know, going as far as I could with it. Um, and as you say, you know, the 20, the year 2015, you said off air was like, was a big year for me. And, you know, it was all coming together at, at that period. I mean, let's talk about it. 2015. Right, so I am I'm a I'm a Rev Pro. Uh, that kind of Hertfordshire, Berkshire, Oxfordshire, all kind of guy. Okay, so I know you from Rev Pro 2015. I'm just gonna list off for our listeners <laughs> here because this blows my mind. Okay, so I was you had you had a couple of tag team matches, but we're gonna talk about you faced Ishi. You faced Johnny Storm. You faced this one blows my mind <coughs> big time because it was it is five minutes round the corner from where I work. You faced Tommaso Ciampa five minutes around the corner from where I work now, which is mad to me. Doug Williams. I'm gonna leave the massive one in a second. Um Tanahashi, Has Mark Haskins, who Oxford boy. He's, he's my boy. I'm very sorry. I'm from Oxford. He's my Oxford boy. And a man that. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the only. This to me blows my mind here. You faced Shinsuke Nakamura at York Hall in a 15 minute bout. All I'm going to say is Jesus. <laughs> Strong style versus you. There's no, there's, there's no other way of saying it. That year, there was uh, there's so many more as well within that year. You know, you were again in ICW and working all of this, facing like Wolfgang, Mickey uh, Whiplash, Greedo, of course, Greedo, who, who, yeah, everything that year. And that was a year before you moved to the where we will talk about in a minute. That. Nakamura match, that uh, Tamasha Champa match. Talk to us. Where this, as you said, then this is where your your moment where they started. In your head, did you did you have almost those kind of fan moments of I'm facing Shinsuke, I'm facing. How was um, it for you that year? So only I, I think it was. So I watched. Yeah, I was a big New Japan fan, um, and I'd watched. Uh, Nakamura for years, Tanahashi for years, um, like, 
they had like one of the this incredible series of matches, but they did the G the G one twenty five year anniversary climax final was probably their best match, and then I, it was announced that I was wrestling the both of them. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that was that was a little moment where I was like, fuck it out. <laughs> um, but the uh, honestly, like um, in the moment, you you, I, I'll tell you I'll tell you a very quick story. So um, I, when I w- was in WWE, like Shawn Michaels said something like. You know, you guys are you're the same as me in that you you just kind of breeze past what's happening. You don't really get a chance to think about it. Um, and like that pretty much nailed like wrestling for me, especially at that time period, because if I had sat and thought about it too much, you know, maybe there would have been anxiety. There would have been nervousness. You know, like you have to like you have to treat it just like anything else, because at the end of the day, they're just another person, you know, just they happen to be really fucking good. So you, you can trust that, you know, they're not going to let. You know, they're not going to let themselves down in the match. So, you know, your job is just to make sure you don't let yourself down. And, and that's literally it, you know. Uh, and when it gets to that kind of talent level, um, you can start thinking, oh, shit, we can go that little that little extra further, you know. Um, and I think I got very lucky that the match, the Ishii, went so well. Um, that, that, like, he speaks no English. Um, so, you know, we, we, we have... That's going to be my next question. How, so, How did it go? So uh, the Ishii match is one of my favourite matches I ever had. Um, and it was just time. And it announced me to the RevPro fans. Like, they always kind of were like, oh, yeah, big deal. That's kind of cool, you know. Um, and then, like, when, when you know, I beat Ishii in, in the York Hall, people are like, holy fuck, this is, this is a big deal. And it was a big deal. Was, I, I, to, looking back, you know, that New Japan allowed that to happen is is nuts. Um like I think Andy was Andy Quilden, the the owner of Red Pro, was trying to hint to me. He was like, "This is a big deal," you know. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, uh, all right, Andy, I get it, I get it." Uh, I think he's like, "You know, can you can you do a little bit more for me?" I was like, "I do, I'm, literally at this point, I'm doing everything anyway, you know." But yes, sure, Andy, no bother, you know. I did the fucking coast to coast, bro, you know, just just taking year, years off my career, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's um, no, he, he, like so. Andy was like trying to make sure I knew that it, it was a big deal, and it was a big deal. Um, you know, Ishii uh, had been a stalwart there, um, and you know he's always been like one of those, you know, almost like uh, gatekeepers in, in, in New Japan. And then obviously not not long after, he actually had some really cool pushes with, with New Japan. So my timing was really cool because Ishii's matches were sick at the time, um, and we went and had this killer match. And I think he was just like delighted um, that I was wanting to have a good match I don't know I think it was maybe his first experience outside of um, Japan I, I think I like I got very lucky um, and you know I think he was really happy that you know I, I didn't you know kill him <laughs> um, <laughs> there's this there's this incredible photo of the two of us next to each other like yeah we're you see the size difference and whatever else so uh, but like, he, he was a you know a lot of fun to work with and like but obviously we you know doing our best to uh, you know to to talk about that match, you know, the best parts of the match were stuff that w- wasn't planned, you know, so that that's one of the things I love about wrestling and because he is so good and like we understood each other inside the ring better than anything. So, um, but that, that really helped everybody see I was good. I mean, I got, you know, I got to speak to Chinsky during that day and then I found out that I'm wrestling Chinsky, you know, like a few months later or whatever it was. So, um, and then, and then other, you know, get, get in chat to some of the other ones. I ended up getting on really well uh, with Kojima and Tenzan um, and like I've been watching, you know, them for twenty years, you know, and like, uh, and I'm talking to Kachima, like he's, you know, 
a fellow I've known for you know for a decade. You know, just such lovely people, uh, and they were telling me stories about when they were doing All Star and stuff like that in 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 Liverpool for for Brian Dixon, and I'm like, oh my god. Um, but you know, honestly, I had, I had such a good good experience there, and like, but you know, I didn't dwell too much um, on it because I I had to go in with the mentality that. I was just as every bit as good as them because if I didn't think like that, then, you know, there are guys who, in my opinion, are better wrestlers, you know, than me, better, maybe better wrestlers than some of the Japanese lads, but, you know, struggled with the anxiety or, or, or the, the, the pressure of the situation. Um, whereas I think because I've always been, how do I explain it better without sounding like a dick? Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna die. I'm not gonna get blown up. So why should I have the nervousness about what's going to happen in the ring? So that has always been my mentality. Um, I'm very blessed that I came from Belfast, and also you know, very. It was a, you know a difficult upbringing, but like it's 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 helped prepare me for the realization that yes, it's just another part of your you know your life. You know, it's just something that you have to do. Um, and that that's how I've always tried to look at it, and I think that's what's helped me. Um get from you know a regional wrestler to a national wrestler to you know a worldwide wrestler you know has been well you know i shit piss and eat out of the same holes as them so why should i give a fuck you know and that's i i don't know why you know I, i've always tried to keep that in my head you know what the only person i think i've ever been starstruck from was been meeting Eben van der Sar, the man united goalkeeper and um, but when it came to wrestling <laughs> when it came to wrestling i've always been you know whatever you know what i mean and, and that's that's the way i think you have to look at it because you know you you, you can show it in too much respect to people and whatever else but for me it was like you know i need to show that i belong and you know getting to wrestle like tanahashi was tanahashi was one of my favorite wrestlers um at the time like he was the most wonderful baby face and his you know he'd kind of found these kind of i think he was just finding in 2014 2015 like he'd really like became the guy um, as Okada was kind of coming in behind him, but like Tanahashi had been the guy leading up to that, you know, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. He'd been like the top guy. So I'm literally effectively wrestling the John Cena of Japan. You know what I mean? At, at that time. And then Nakamura was, you know, so I, I think one of my best mates was obsessed with Nakamura. Um, so we would always watch his matches. So, and he was, he was incredible. And like getting to wrestle him, that, what people don't really know is that match actually um, is why I ended up going to Dudley, Um because oh, when nice. NXT when NXT signed um, Shensky, uh, they couldn't get footage from New Japan, obviously. Um, so they got footage from Rev Pro. They got footage from my my match with with Shinsuke at the York Hall. Um, and if you watch the full video, it's just him kicking my ass, doing <laughs> 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 all, all his moves on me. Um, and but it, it put me it put me in there. Um, I, I'd done a couple of tryouts for them, and um, I did, did a promo that that uh, William Regal really loved. You know, I just talked about my experiences growing up in Belfast, so uh, it put me on his radar, and he stayed in touch with me, and I was always sending matches to him. Um, but when the Nakamura match happened, suddenly, like the entire WWE organization were watching that that match, and you know, I found all this out later, um, <laughs> and you know, they realized yeah, there's this really big hairy guy, you know, who who can go, you know, so oh shit. Um, you know, so eventually, you know, that I had a tryout at the end of 2015. Um, I'd had a tryout earlier in 2015. I'd been given like a the closest thing to a no without being no. Um, uh, and then the, for this uh, this tryout at the end of 2015, as you say, it was a hell of a year. It was. Yeah, <laughs> um, the, 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 end, the end of 2015, um, 
the the email was very different. It was you know the invitation was very different. It was like immediately it was it went from being yeah you can come and try it if you want to. Uh, we would really like you nudge nudge wink wink to 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 be here on this day nudge nudge. Um, can you do and like I think they even paid for my transport and stuff, which you know they definitely didn't oh, the first wow. time. You know, oh, so okay. Was, okay. I kind of had a feeling that there was something different happening, but like this was you know. This was like a whole culmination. Of 2015 was was the was everything that had happened over the last you know ten years of my career all all coming together at the same time. And like you know, I'm getting to wrestle these these incredible wrestlers. And like you, you know, when I look back, I look back very fondly. But at the time, I was I was just focused, you know. Um, and then it led up to this this tryout and things happening, whatever. And um, and it was funnier because like I like impacted. Uh, booked me for january they were coming to do the the the, the tour in oh, okay. the uk so um so i'm like uh, how do i say it i'm going to be on tna television so you know i'm trying my best to explain a lot of these things but pretty much the, so the day after the try um they uh the reply uh, or even sorry even the day of a try was was hilarious because normally they would room you um if you were coming in the, for international you're coming from different countries whatever else they They'd room you in uh, order of names, um, like A's, B's, C's, whatever. Um, but I was rooming with with Tom Butchlin, and I'm like, well, my name's Damien Mackle. Why am I team? You know, and then I realized T- Tommy End is, is, is Tom Butchlin, you know, Malachi Black. And they've put us together in the room, uh, which is probably a nightmare for him because I think I was snoring. So, um, but, <laughs> um, so they put... They put <laughs> They put us together in the room when everybody else is in alphabetical order. So, like, we kind of we kind of both realized, okay, we both had very similar emails. Um, they had us do a lot of drills together, and then they had us have a match together at the end of the tryout. Um, and we did a we did a six minute match in front of Triple H, you know, and and it was it went really well. You know, we'd wrestled a couple of times in the Indies. Um, I mean, we kept it pretty simple, but like we we did, you know, the greatest hits, you know, everything that we both had, some of our cooler stuff, and. Knocked it out of the park without sounding like a dick. Um, it, it went really well. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it clearly did go very well. Clearly, we both get signed, so yeah, it must have went okay, you know. Um, I like you know Hunter. Like he even said to me, he was like, you know, I like you've got an old school look to you and stuff like that. I was like, oh, thank you very much, whatever. Um, but you know, he didn't give the game away. It was a couple of days later. We, I, we got an email from uh, Canyon Seaman, who at that point was the, the kind of the talent scout, whatever, and he was like, "Yep, you did exactly what you needed to do." And that, that was all he said. I was like. Uh, so, what does that mean? You know. Um, so I, I said to him, "Listen, I'm, I'm doing TNA in January, like just to make sure this isn't going to step on anybody's toes." And he was like, "No, don't worry. Um, it's going to be a long visa process. Um, we're looking at you starting September, October, November, like around that period, um, because like for some reason it does seem to take an awful long time um, with with the visas." Um, so yeah, I was able to do you know, whatever I wanted then throughout 2016. And, you know, I had an absolute blast. I ended up meeting Eric Young at TNA, which is I was, amazing. I, say, I went to that. I remember you faced. There you go. We literally had a four-minute match where we did everything we could possibly think of. So, But he was he was such a, a lovely man. Um, and it's amazing, you know, I wrestled him twice on that tour. Um, and I wrestled one of my, my big rivals, uh, Drew Calloway, on that tour as oh. well. So, no, no matter where we were, we always seemed to fight each other. So... <laughs> Um, I, didn't, I didn't really mention him earlier, but him coming back to ICW in, in 2014 just changed the game for all of us. I already had like Robbie Brookside talking to me about an X Factor. Billy Kirk would give me the um, the beast of Belfast, but it was Drew who really pointed me in you know the right direction. He was like, "Bro, you've got everything you need. You need to fucking now fight for it." And it was just like, you know, and he would he would get me and he would be requesting me f- 
to wrestle against requesting promoters to bring me in to wrestle him, which was such a compliment, wow. you know what I mean? And I wrestled him so many times and even throughout the ICW run, we, we got to plan aspects of our story. Um, you know, Mark Dallas gave us the, the, the freedom to, to kind of explore that. And we had so much fun doing that. So, you know, I got all this experience that I'd never had a chance to do before. Um, but, you know, Drew's a massive part of that. Like, he hates taking credit for anything, you know what I mean? But he's he was massive for all of us. You know, we, I talked to you before about the talent level coming out of Scotland. Now we had a leader. You know, we, we had eyes on the product, thanks to Grado, you know, with, with the, the BBC documentary. Um, uh, we had great talent, but now we had, we had a locker room leader who could come in and go, right, how do we make this to the next level? And that, that's, what, that's what he wanted, and that's what we all wanted. And, and I think he saw in a lot of us the determination to go further. And, you know, pff, all you need to do is, is look at the WWE roster right now. How many Scottish it's, people? How many, how many people? You, but, but, you, you literally waved that flag, and it just boomed. And, so, I mean, it was all around that time where it just went. But it, it, being over here, it obviously being down in England you're looking at it and you're looking at Scotland and you're going, oh, shit, these these boys are bringing the heat. Because ICW was doing phenomenal at that time and you, you played a critical part in it, Drew played a critical part, Greedo, like you said, you all did. Absolutely. And yeah, and then... Like but it helped, I think I think the, the rise of RevPro Progress also pushed ICW. And, you know, yeah. like, so I think, like... For, as far as friendly rivalries go, like that, that is probably the best way to look at it because all three of them rose in different ways with different styles. Like RevPro really had a very specific style, so it didn't really impact on the other two companies. So, the, and that link with New Japan just got 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 stronger and stronger, you know. And look, you know, Zach and Marty, they, you know, they went over there. Like, so I mean, like, there's you know, Zach still there. Zach's <laughs> absolutely incredible, you know. Um, Osprey came through during that period as well, and he's the best wrestler in the world. So you know, you're just like, you know, that that roster. Like Andy Quillen chose six to eight of us and said, "Right, you're my guys, and and we're going to do this." And and he was right. <laughs> um, and then like Progress and ICW were more, say, storyline driven is probably the best way to to describe them. Um, and you know, the two of them like were both doing really well, like like at the same time. So it was like when I really look at it, I'm like, yes, there might have been a rivalry and whatever else, but they almost both needed each other to to explode, and they both did. You know, as I say, I still be putting six thousand people into uh, the hydro, which is nuts, and then Progress putting what was it five thousand people into uh, into Wembley State? Was it Wembley Stadium? I know they did Ali Pali, and they did a couple a, others. I know Ali Pali was the one for me that was that I, Walter versus uh, Tyler. Yes. Okay, and that was five thousand people or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something it was... along those lines. I just remember sitting there with just hair on end the entire time. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, like, but, but this is the thing. Like, I think without those two really pushing at each other, like, you know, it, it maybe wouldn't have happened. But you know, th this is what I'm saying to you. You know, I came through during this period where the whole of wrestling just boomed. You know, to the point where Dudley was looking at us, going, "Hey, what's happening over there?" Um, and, you know, the, the, the numbers, when you look at it, how many of us all ended up, you know, in New Japan, the Dublin or, or, you know, Ring of Honor, whatever, you know, whatever else. Like, there was just so many, like, you know, all, all went everywhere because we all, and I, I really felt this at the time. And it's funny, like, you know, you know, people say, you know, you, you make cons or whatever else in wrestling. Like, we got really lucky with, with the groups who were coming through was, you know, all wanted to get better. And, and generally, you weren't meeting people who were, were trying to hamstring you. Whereas when I first started wrestling, there was a lot of that, you know, maybe like, you know, 
it'll only be a couple of shows a month. So, you know, somebody might try and, you know, weasel their way in, you know, whatever else. That was more prevalent in the early days as opposed to this period where, where, where everything's going nuts. Um, and, you know, the internet's booming, so it'd, it'd be a lot easier to, to hamstring people, I'm sure. But uh, it was amazing how, uh, you know, how it wasn't that way at all. Very supportive group. You know, I got to meet people like Ron Page Brown, who, who was so, like, uh, influential in my career. Um, he's one of my favorite. He's one of, he, Absolutely. He's one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. He's one of my favorite wrestlers to wrestle. Like, and I got to wrestle him a bunch in a short window. So, you know, you, know, you meet all these people throughout your, your, your run who, who are, important to you and he's another one who, who would never take any praise <laughs> um, that seems to keep happening here you know um but um th- 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 there's so many lads who, uh, and ladies who you meet along the way who, who really like inspire you or help you and um and i got i got lucky you know i met all these people all what seemed to be if not the right time close to the right time if that makes sense and you know as you say leading up to that that mental 2015 um and like i was i remember my WWE tried i was suffered from concussion i had a couple of ribs broken i had a problem with one of my knees um and i, I still you know i went and did a bunch of like drills in, in the training school to try and make sure I, I had my my cardio up so i was in absolute agony <laughs> but i had met this 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 wonderful fella called axel tisha i'd met him at a, at a german show who said um right see when you're doing your try buddy don't wear your wrestling boots um wear your your either your amateur boots or wear your trainers um because your wrestling boots aren't designed to do three hours and i was like oh shit didn't really think about it because i did my first try out wearing the fucking wrestling boots right uh, and he was like no no no, like wear this and he, he said like bring a um this drink bring this bring a banana bring you know so he pretty much laid out everything i needed uh, and he was right i went and absolutely blitzed the um but to try it, even carrying the injuries and, and, and like whatever else. Um, and later on, you know, I would end up in a, a tag team with Axel Tischer. So I swear, uh, you know, meeting all these people at these, these, these times have all really helped me, you know what I mean? And uh, he's one of my best friends to this day. And, and it's just, he had no reason to help me. You know, we were both from different countries. We, we had no history together. Um, we just met a few times and thought, thought the other was quite nice. You know what I mean? That, that's just the way it is. Um, and it's just, yeah, honestly, all the time, all the time. And, you know, it's a testament to him that he helped me and then you know anybody who was coming after me i always made sure to say the same advice because that helped me massively um because i remember and like the boys were kind of telling me during my, my second tryout um they were pushing me a little hard um uh to make sure that you know my cardio and you know my heart could handle it and whatever else because i was 22 and a half stone or something like that it was massive so um I'm a little less at the minute, but you know, I was I was massive at that point. Um, Still big demo like, to us. Still big demo to us. I think I think at that point I was very big demo to be honest. Um, <laughs> the uh, like when I when I hit tw- I think it was 23 stone my biggest, which is like 330 something, which is massive. It is big. Looking back now, that's not sustainable at all. Um, but you know, I was doing my try. Norman Smiley making me do the drills a wee bit longer, a bit a bit more. Um, and he really whispered to me, he says, "Do you want this job, demo?" I was like, "Fucking hell!" You know, so <laughs> I get on, I get on. Really well with Norman now. He's he's amazing, but like I, you know, I was told that like they were they were pushing me specifically to see like you know was what my attitude was going to be like and whatever else. So you know, but I ended up having a wonderful experience um, throughout that whole year. Uh, and when I, like I do my best, I, I I sometimes check cage match to see what matches I was doing in 2015 because I'm like, oh shit, that happened as well. You know, because like there was just there was just so much. Like you know, I, I wrestled like. I think I randomly wrestled like, like Chris Masters in Leeds or something like that, you know, like something like, and I'm like, you know, this, this is another former WWE guy, you know what I mean, who, who could pick the brain off. I think uh, Mr. Kennedy was on the show, so I'm listening to stories from him and whatever, you know, and that's always tried to do that. Like if I was on a show with Doug Williams, I'd always ask Doug, Doug, 
you, you watch that, let us know if there was anything like that, that fucking sucks, you know. Um, and it's something that like I'm I'm trying to encourage the new generation. Um, is like if if I can watch, I will. But you have to ask me, like you know, I won't. Um, I can't go out of my way to do it unless you say, you know. And, and what's been very cool is there's been kids who've come up to me in the last while and asked, you know, because if it wasn't for people who guided me in the right direction, that I, I don't know where I'd be. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'd uh, if I'd have made it as far. Um, I don't know if it would have went the way it did. Um, and I, as I say, like you meet all these people at the right time in your life. So I'm doing my very best on the shows that I'm on now. If somebody asks me, I, you know, I give them advice. Like um, I was, I did a, a multi-man tag match the other day, and sadly, my, my tag team partner. Could, really badly injured actually but the boys did a really good job to try and work around it and i was speaking to a few of them after and you know chuck mambo was speaking to me after he, he's one of the lads from sunshine machine i get on really well with him he, he's, a, he's a really good young lad um and you know you know was just giving him a little bit of advice um and he was like you know i've heard it i've heard these words before but they haven't resonated so and i was like bro i think i needed to be told 15 times a lot of t- you know before things register so if, if i'm another voice to help you get there then happy days you know what i mean but uh, but this is my point you know there, there's a really good group coming through right now um all across the uk and ireland so yeah, I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if in a few years time we get another big boom like we did you know 2014 to 2018 was 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 nuts but the talent level coming through now is surprisingly good like i i didn't when i first got released i wasn't expecting this level um I was expecting, okay, you know, everybody went away to NXT, whatever else, you know, there's been COVID, so there's not really the chance to get a lot of work. I was laughably surprised, you know what I mean? There, there are kids coming through. I say kids, right? Pretty much anybody younger than me is a kid now, you know? Um, but, you know, there, there's ones coming through between, you know, 15 and, and, and 30 who are all just incredible at what, at what they do and they're just waiting to explode and you can see it like the fans are all coming back again, like it's getting bigger and bigger. I can really see another boom happening. There's a long answer to your question, sir. Do you know what, though? I like a good ramble, you know. You, well, you saying that, okay, that I can't wait again for, obviously being being what we do as our business as well. We're all fans at the end of the day on our side too. So no, and you saying it and seeing that from your expert opinion, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for the boom as well. It's not when you realize these kids are better than we were <laughs> like we we can we you know, we kind of had uh, we struck when the iron was hot because you know whatever the expression is that was us i think that this kind of group are well we're just waiting for the opportunity guys we're really fucking good so uh, and they are <laughs> so um, there's a bunch of ones and it's annoying because some of them are really young so i want to go their legs you know but they're really really good um <laughs> It's nuts to think. Like uh, my 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 hope is um, so with this with AEW coming putting X amount of people into Wembley, that you know the promoters realise shit. Maybe we can't take that next step because um, the fans are there. You know, you know they just have to be encouraged in. Um, and I'm forever getting you know getting responses on social media, whatever else saying, oh shit, I didn't know you were going to be there, blah blah blah. And I'm like, so it's up to us, and that includes the the talent. To make sure with with ours that um, people know we're going to be as much as possible, and like that—that's what what I have noticed is a bunch of the younger talent coming through are getting a lot better at this than, than definitely I was. I I was very weak uh, when it came to social media, um, 
this is the maybe the the older part of me or whatever else um but like a lot of the ones coming through are getting better at explaining i'm going to be here going to be there like uh Darice, for example a man like Darice is like oh. very smart with his with his social media game because he's really talented in ring and now people are starting to figure that out you know he's going to be here he's going to be there he's going to be whatever so like kids like him you know are, are going to do very well you know he's 25 you know wow um he's already this good at 25 at 25 i still kind of sucked so um it was maybe when i was closer to 30 that i was okay <laughs> <laughs> so this 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 is my point. Like if these guys are good at twenty five, they're good at twenty, whatever else. Like RKJ, twenty three years old, whatever. So, like th- th- there's just I could rhyme off a hundred people here, and I'd feel really guilty missing out the others. So, just to let everybody know, if you are tentative about going back to watch live wrestling, now's the time. It really is because you're going to get on ground level for a lot of these guys who are going to. They're they're going to paper the you know the rest of the wrestling world for the next 10, 20 years. You know, when when you guys made that decision to come and watch us in 2013, 14, 15, 16, like little did you guys know we'd all end up where we ended up. You know, the ones here coming in after us are probably even better than us. You know what I mean? So just need the same support that that they, that we got. You know, so hopefully um, you guys can uh, you guys can come back, bring your friends, whatever, and we can really bring this this boom to a head because I, I really feel like this. This next couple of years could be uh, could be special. Yeah, I look forward to it. I really look forward to it. Um, I, I, it's a nice question, nice way in which we've moved into this. Um, I'm not going to steal his thunder because this man. You, let's talk about it. Go on, Greg, with sanity, because I know you want to ask these questions. <laughs> yeah, I so... know he's itching at the bit. Yeah, so with, when you went to obviously NXT, you went into the faction Sanity uh, with Eric Young, uh, your wife Nikki Cross. As I know her mostly as well, I know her as Nikki Cross, but I know her as Nikki Storm, um, and Axel Tisser, which will be known as Alexander Wolf. So what I'm looking to know is how did that faction become a part? How did you get put into that faction, and what was it like being in a faction with your wife? <laughs> um, so Nikki and I always try to like not work with each other if that makes sense because um, we both had different opinions on wrestling so like we only I think we only did one tag match together when at first she valeted for, for Scotty and I as she was still learning to wrestle but when it came to actual matches I think we only did one and it was me and Nikki against Grado and uh, Viper, uh, Piper Nevin, um, in a random small Scottish town. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, the uh, it, One of the, the most fun I've had uh, in a wrestling ring, obviously, because Grado, but also those two idiots, you know what I mean? Um, I was with, was with, uh, with Piper yesterday. We were at... Uh, we had a, a, uh, the theatre yesterday. Um, it's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Viper. Um, Piper or Viper. Um, and... Uh, we, I just remembered like all of us in that, that time, which was hilarious. So, um, but yeah, so Saturday happened. So I was meant to debut on the first UK tournament. Um, that was meant to be my initial debut. So that would have been the, the January or whatever it was. Um, so I, I finally got there in the October, the November of 2016, when my, my visa finally um, came through. There was a, a problem. Um, uh, there was a problem with visa process and up, that whole period, I think there was a switch over between Democrats and Republican. So a lot of the ones who came after me ended up getting stuck for six months longer. So we, I actually got lucky like that it, it worked out the way it did. And a lot of people don't realize this, but in government in America, 
even at those kind of jobs all get changed when there is a changeover in administration. So it's not like here where there's public, uh, sorry, where you guys are, where there's public servants, doesn't matter if you're, you're uh, Labour, Conservative or, or Lib Dem, whatever else, um, you know, the jobs don't change, you know, whereas it, it, everything changes in, in America for, for whatever reason. Um, so because of that, you know, a lot of ones after me got, got kind of stuck. But for me, you know, I got lucky. I got there. It was the you know, end of October, I think it was. You know, and I uh, did, a, did a couple of uh, the coconut run, we call them, or the coconut loop, um, which is the shows here in uh, in Florida. I don't even know if there are coconuts in Florida, but for some reason it's called the coconut loop, right? Um, and uh, my first one was against Rich Swan, and I adore that man. It was one of actually probably my favorite match in Dundee was my first one. <laughs> And it's a random, a random house show, um, and I got so much criticism afterwards, right? Because I, I I bumped too much for a big guy and blah blah blah, right? Um, and that's you know my my first real experience of of listening to to at, at that time, WWE feedback. Um, but what what was meant to happen anyway was so I got speaking to Regal and he, he's telling me about this the tournament they want to do in Britain um, and I recommended a bunch of people and stuff like that which is very cool that like I'd only been there a short amount of time and I'm already trying to you know um, give him names and a friend of mine from Northern Ireland uh, Tucker got it got an opportunity and he actually really blew it out the park so I'm really happy for him um, and a few others as well like they were asking like who who's the up and coming ones in, in Britain um, who weren't signed elsewhere you know that was like well Osprey was already with New Japan by that point and stuff so like you know there were certain ones they couldn't touch but um, that was originally going to be my, my, my debut there and I think it was going to be Alistair's as well I can't really no no Alistair was going to do something else um, but like what happened was uh, Sawyer Fulton who was uh, now Madman Fulton you'll see in uh, for AW right now, um, he um, he tore his pectoral off his pretty much off the bone when they were in Canada, and like the sanity was this big cool entrance and everything else, and like you know the it, it was mind blowing, you know Eric Young leading these idiots to to, to do whatever, um, and then uh, with Sawyer getting hurt so badly, um, he was going to be out six months, uh, maybe maybe more. Um, I I randomly turned up the TV and they're like, yeah, you're you're going to be insanity, and I'm like. Sorry, you know what? You know, and I'm I'm only there. I'm only brought my I brought my wrestling gear, thinking if ever I needed it, whatever. Um, but I wasn't expecting to need it for another good while. Um, so like they had to send people out to to get like this is ridiculous to go and buy jeans and and like uh, hoodie and stuff like that because you know none of I obviously had none of this with me. Nobody told me. Nobody warned me. Whatever else, um, which is the WWE way. Uh, um, so spoilers don't get out, I guess you know. Um, and uh, even though it was a taped show, yeah. Um, but like, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so you know, I'm I'm going into sanity. Um, I like it was it was bittersweet for me because like. I really liked um, Sawyer. I actually saw him recently. We, we ran into each other at an airport in Atlanta. It was very cool. Um, he's a really lovely fella, um, and I, I felt awful, you know, taking his place. Um, so it was very bittersweet for me because yes, I'm, I'm about to debut in WWE television. You know, this is this is the dream I've always had. Um, but I'm effectively, you know, uh, taking somebody's spot, which I hated. But it was Terry Taylor um, who, you know, is, is a long-term um, wrestler slash you know employee slash multiple fired candidate of WWE. Uh, I think he's in a sixth run. Um, he uh, he said to me, um, "Demo, if not you, then who?" And like that, that has stuck with me. Um, and I, anytime I, I speak to anybody who's having doubts, you know, like um, one of the the champions of one of the bigger promotions, like you know, kind of you know, 
allayed his his problems he's having. I said, well, you've done a hell of a job. Like, if not you, then who who should be the champion? Whatever you know, maybe they're they were dealing with a little bit of imposter syndrome. Um, but in my opinion, they've been utterly brilliant. So, it, 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 like, I needed to hear that from Terry, and I'm hoping that you know this person will be able to pass that on, you know, down the line for themselves. Um, but that was it. That was the start of of, of me insanity. And um, as I said to you before, I get on really well with Eric Young and I got on really well with Axel Tischer. And obviously my wife's pretty cool, you know, so it was, <laughs> it ended up being very cool. And that was my first experience of, of the big entrance way, the, you know, the, the, the smoke and mirrors, literally all of it was, you know, that sanity entrance was nuts, you know, and I'm suddenly like a part of it, you know, shit, I'm not in it, you know, um, and like it just it, it takes off from there, you know. We're we're villains right now. We're, we're feuding with the number two babyface, Ty Dillinger, the number three babyface, you know, no way Jose's whatever. Um, and then like within a few months of that, um, I'm wrestling Drew Galloway on NXT television, you know, and like that that's I'm I'm in I'm doing fucking WrestleMania and blah blah blah. Like it was this and like that. My my, my one of my favorite moments was that four on four match in Orlando where we made our first entrance. All four of us was one of the coolest experiences ever because that the Orlando crowd that day were just insane. Like they were just up for it. And I I'd been an Orlando Magic fan since 1993, so to be in the Amway Center was was very cool. Anyway, but for the crowd to just absolutely lose their mind was just not, absolutely nuts. Um, and the four of us had so much fun. We were, I think we were like doing some sort of tribute to an American band. Um, oh, I can't even remember. Um, it wasn't what I was into, but like it, it was all, it was a lot of fun. We met the band and stuff like that. And they were very good. Like, um, and then, uh, you know, the next day I'm doing WrestleMania, which is, nuts you know what i mean um and like but this is this is the that's where i spoke to sean michaels the thing i was telling you about earlier you know sean said listen i know you're going to walk out there and you're going to do your thing because that's what you do that's what i did and he said well i just want you to when you're when you're walking down the entrance to just try and take it in you know because whenever would you be walking in front of 70 odd thousand people um so there is this brilliant moment where i'm walking down the ramp um and i think i'm slower than everybody else behind me so i've kind of made a bunch up so it's hilarious um and uh one of my friends sarah logan got this brilliant photo of me just surrounded by people and i was like shit that's very fucking cool um and dr Blake caught this hilarious photo of me charging down with everybody bunched up behind me <laughs> but uh, no, it was a really cool experience that um but yeah, Sanity ended up being like this amazing experience because they were all such good people. Like Eric was a brilliant leader. He'd done television for so long through through Impact, and you know he was hungry to to really do something here. Um, like I, I've said this before, but I, I really feel they should have. When we were the villains there, I think they should have put the belt on Eric. He would have been a brilliant foil for Shinsky. I think like the two of them could have had some magic together, but you know it didn't work out that way. We ended up turning face. So we we were meant to be the heels against AOP, but the fans were like, no, no, we want we want sanity. So totally had to had to change their minds, you know, and very quickly um, we became the babies, you know, and, and like that we didn't expect that at all, but it just got it got nuts to the point where it had to go that way. Um, and that was awesome. Like to be accepted as as babyfaces was nuts. Like we, we weren't expecting that at all. Um, especially like you know we'd literally been stomping on their their the guys they really liked for 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 a good while, uh, and then suddenly we're, we're babies, and then that leads to undisputed era um, starting with us. And and like one of the coolest parts of that was I remember Adam Cole I spoke to him actually um, pretty recently. Um, I keep running into him at all these conventions, so it's just really funny. Um, but like, he was like, you know, you guys were the perfect transition for us because, you know, we, you guys have been in the system, but only for a short time. So we were able to still go and have fun, but like 
in the WWE version of it. So it was a really cool compliment for us. And we had so much fun wrestling those lads. Like, you know, they're all laughably talented. And then we, we, we did some really cool stuff together, like war games and all that stuff. You know, we, we had so much oh, fun. Oh, that war game. It was nuts. Absolutely yeah. nuts. Oh. Uh, that, was, that was one of the best experiences of my life because that was the first time. So when I first started WWE, they were very, like, on me, like, needing to know X, Y, and Z, everything I was doing in matches. And then by that point... You know, we planned war games. I, I kind of quarterbacked war games. That's one of my my big pats in the arse or whatever. Like, um, so I remember Michael Hayes came down to ask what what we were doing. I, I laid it out to him, and he was like, "That's great," and he went home. <laughs> so, uh, Michael, Michael Hayes drove down six hours to hear me lay it out, and then left because he was he was satisfied with it. So, so that, that was for me was the biggest compliment I, I could possibly early get. Drive so home. Was, early drive home, boys. Let's do it. Well, Ma- Mike Michael was the head producer. He was the guy, you know, for the big matches, you know. So for him to go right, I like it, and then left was was the biggest compliment we could possibly have, you know. Um, wow. But it's a it's a testament to all the talent who were there. We nobody made it difficult for each other. Um, and there's nine people in that match. Like that's it, it's bizarre that everybody walks away. We all tried our best to make everybody look good. AOP were still very green, so like. You know, we'd, we'd suggest stuff to them um, and let them go away and come back with something. They, they might come up with something that's really cool. Go, Brilliant, great, let's do that, you know. So, um, Or we plan a, a couple of things specifically for them that protected their size and blah, blah, blah. So we, we tried to be really um, uh, smart on all, all aspects. You know, Roddy was, was, was you know, the, the kind of ace in the hole in that match because he had the history with everybody in, in the match, you know, which is really funny looking back on. So he's kicking everybody at us, you know, so we're, you're trying to, you're trying to tell all those stories at the same time. But one of my favorite bits is, is Adam Cole on the top, like the little inchworm across the top of the cage is one of the funniest things I've ever seen because at the end of the day, he was still a sniveling heel and he, he, he did a really good job of it. And then Roddy goes up and suplexes him off the fucking cage. Jesus Christ. It was, it was nuts. I, honest to God, it was, it was um, a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, the entire, uh, that entire run, that's, like, you talk about 2015 being a good year. 2017 was a hell of a year for me um, with everything that happened and, and like, the the changeover from, you know, to be going from not trusting me um, to, you know, suddenly now trusting everything that I'm doing. Which was very cool. That that's the ultimate like testament to um, my my entire career, I guess. You know, leading up to there. So at this point, I'm twelve, thirteen years in, and you know, I'm, I'm telling them what, what we're doing, <laughs> as opposed to them telling me. So you know, it was a very cool experience. But sanity itself was 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 utterly insane. Like it was one of the best experiences. The the crowd reaction, the way it changed from um, initial you know hatred to to adulation was bizarre. I just did not expect to feel that at all. Um, and to have felt that, you know, so vividly and to have shared that with two people who I really fucking liked, who are now friends for life, and my wife, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty badass. So, yeah, I got, we got very lucky. I keep saying that, like, you know, the way things panned out for me was, was very damn lucky. Yeah. That's, that's good. I like the War Games match was one of the unbelievable matches. Like, I really enjoyed that. Um, just as well, before I let Nathan take over, I'll say, I want to put this out and then I've got one last question is uh, obviously we've seen the progress show recently um, uh, last Friday night uh, and we've also seen that with the injury to Axel. Um, so 
from myself and the guys at Real Wrestling, we do wish him the best of luck. Um, and the road to recovery, and do hope he is better soon. Um, and if I know you speak to him a lot, if you can pass that on, um, then we do wish him well, and hopefully he's back in the ring as soon as he can. Then that absolutely. Be uh, one last question we've got though: When you were with obviously still with WWE, you got drafted. Santa got drafted to SmackDown. How did that feel being drafted to SmackDown instead of just sitting? Well, not sitting, but being on NXT. You were actually on one of the bigger car, like not cars, but like one of the bigger shows to what NXT was. Um, it was again bittersweet again because they decided to do it without Nikki. We'd heard that we might be getting drafted, so we were like, okay, that's cool. Like all of our storylines get suddenly wrapped up, and you're like, oh shit, okay, so maybe it is happening. Um, the uh, but it was bittersweet because you know taking like quite an important part of the group out of it was was done um and I, and I look back and I've heard like you know Road Dog explain like at the time they were like not necessarily cost cutting but they were just thinking whatever Triple H told us like um he wasn't sure like Vince wasn't sure if we were going up as heels like what the woman would do in that scenario you know if we're getting our ass kicked they can't just come beat up the woman or whatever so like that that was an issue at the time um that they, that they weren't willing to try which annoyed like annoyed us because they had they were filming us you know filming our reactions to getting told listen you're going to go up you know very soon um and they didn't use the footage because we're all just devastated that Nikki's not going you know what I mean and it, it sucked um and I think like it was we went from being a unique group to being a group you know, and that was that was the hard part. And um, Vince had seen promos of us that he really liked, and then when we went up, um, he watched a part of the same promo and didn't like it. So that was that's what one of the writers told me. <laughs> I said, okay, <laughs> what are you meant to do? Um, so like, we never really got a chance. I think if we had went to Raw, might have been a might have been better than going to SmackDown because on SmackDown there was Bludgeon Brothers. Um, who were doing already a kind of dark gimmick. Um, but New Day were there and the Usos were there. So it made sense as to why we were on SmackDown. But if we'd have went to Raw, you know, it might have separated us from from the lads. Um, but don't get me wrong, like we had still had this wonderful experience. Um, like when I look back, you know, the matches that we did have, did have, you know, I got to wrestle Daniel Bryan and Kane and whatever else and stuff. So a lot of ones that I wasn't expecting, you know, I got to fucking smash Daniel Bryan, which is pretty fucking cool. You know, for me, like he's from, from about 02, it was a massive fan of his, you know, I told you, so I was, I was a tape trader. Um, I was really into early ring of honor. Like I, I literally every, even, even now I'll, I'll still put on some of the early ring of honor shows. It's just something I was really into. Um, so like to, to be in there with DB was was fucking cool and you know we did stuff with AJ I was a big fan of AJ there were so many lads who I really liked um, that I got to work you know we got to work the Usos and New Day on a regular basis like on the house shows whatever else they're just all incredible incredible people incredible wrestlers um, and like the atmosphere at SmackDown was brilliant we had this really good like the backstage in, in SmackDown at least in the male locker room I, I can't ask for I, I can't talk for the, the female locker room but the, the male locker room was amazing like we were playing Tekken at that point it was like a it was a real uh, it was a real issue for all of us um, and it was <laughs> re, re, everybody was everybody was practicing all week right I'm not gonna lie to you even me I, I was practicing all week I'd be playing Sheldon Benjamin online about 40 times a day right because um, he, he he's a massive gamer and he's a really cool motherfucker right he's a really cool guy um, he kind of taught me how to play Tekken and 
I would then learn, like, going to frustrate the shit out of him. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, honest to God, like, we had so much fun. That was that was just what we did backstage, and it really brought up the morale. Um, there'd be periods where it would be the UFC game, or there'd be periods where it would be something else. But, like, like, and also the World Cup was on when I first went over, so everybody was watching football. Like, so I, I was like, this is heaven, man. I'm playing video games and I'm watching football. Jesus Christ, you know? Um, but, yeah, like, yes, the, the booking was was so-so for, for sanity, but the experience was, was amazing. You know, I got to do stuff. That I never expected to do, and um, I got to to work under Fit Finley. Was been my hero since I was a kid, and he was produced one of my matches with the New Day. And I'm like, oh, Fit Finley, you know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I had so so many amazing experiences, um, and like I look back on it very fondly. Like, yes, would it have been cooler if we'd have done a bit more? Sure, right. But you know, we could have got hit by a bus. You know what I mean? Like uh, at any point, you know. So you know, I look at it that way. Um, it was still a fun experience, and then. You know, I developed a good relationship with so many of the, you know, the the crew that, you know, whenever things were winding down with sanity, you know, they they didn't fire me. They decided to bring me down to NXT, and I got to reinvent myself again, and you know, got to go and do something completely brand new. And like that, that's the thing. Like, I, if I had a bad attitude, you know, maybe that wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. Like, I've always felt like it might not always go your way, but it's up to you. You know how you deal with it, how how you change that. And for me, it was I had a conversation with Triple H, and I said, like, listen. I don't want to pick up a paycheck. I want to be a guy who who's working, you know. And um, he's like, at this point, I'm 33, 34. You know, I, I'm feeling I'm close to my prime. You know, I wanted to be working. And um, I'm glad. Like he didn't really say it at the time. He was like, he says, okay, leave it with me. And a few months later, I'm I'm back in NXT and I'm I'm having killer matches with Matt Riddle and whatever else. So, um, you know, he understood where I was coming from, and you know, I'll always appreciate that because, you know, I could have easily just sat in catering and 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 picked up a paycheck and. Maybe if I was 43, you know, that'd be different. You know, you know, that'd be a very different scenario. Um, but at that period, you know, I'd, I'd had such a killer 2017. The start of 2018 was brilliant. The end of 2018 kind of sucked, you know. So, you know, just in terms of, you know, momentum. Um, so I was really, really blessed that I was able to go back and, um, you know, start killing it again with, with, with the lads in XT. We just got a TV deal, you know, we're now doing live. Um, so like this all happened all at the same time. Breeze Angle were down as well, and I got on really well with them. So there was a bunch of people all in that roster, but it was Undisputed Era, um, Matt Riddle, whatever. Then there was Breeze Angle. So a lot of the ones who were all coming down at the same time was just hilarious for me because I got on really well with them. Um, so, you know, it, it was amazing. The only the real issue in the span of the works was COVID, um, and that's what, that, that you know, that kind of ruined everything in terms of um, myself and Drake had, had a specific story. Um, before you answer questions, ask me questions about Drake, yes, I hate him, you know, but don't worry, it's okay. I've hated him for 20 years and I still do, you know. Um, <laughs> it's, what you saw on screen is, is I'm in a text group with him and if, if you could have a shaking head emoji, it would be it would be me answering everything that he says. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, COVID kind of ruined that little bit with, with, with Drake and I, but you know, that's okay. That you know that happens, and you know, we got very lucky health-wise that it didn't affect us in, in ways that it affected others. But it sadly affected all of our stories. <laughs> we had a couple of really big fucking stories that get smashed. Um, I get COVID, then we were okay. Then he gets COVID, and then it was just the worst. It was the worst, but <clears throat> it happens. 
Yeah. The two of us have been in the business for so long that um, you know we, we know what happens. And now Drake's in the the creative process. No surprise there because he's one of those people uh, who'll have a job for life in wrestling. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, honestly, the, the whole experience in NXT, then SmackDown, then NXT again. I had such a laugh. And then my my last uh, run in NXT for the last year, I, I for the last few months, sorry, I got to train under Fit Finley. He was taking in ring oh, okay. training, and that for me was th- this massive like. When I was first in NXT, I got to spend a lot of time with Shawn Michaels, and then on the back end of NXT, I was with Fit Finley. So that's the name of my two favorite wrestlers. So I mean, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> like people, 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 I was getting paid for it. Like shit, you know. Um, what a bookend! What a bookend! Oh my god! So for me, like that, that's you know, like uh, my my two heroes for two you know massively different reasons, you know, um, and that they were both um, like I was in Shawn Michaels' class, which is hilarious. I was in Shawn Michaels' class for about a year which is nuts you know um and then i'm in you know fit finley's class and just just getting to learn under him was and get honestly like that guy could still work now he was just so like laughably good like i think he's probably the most underrated talent in, amongst fans not not amongst workers because everybody knows how good he is but amongst fans like i don't think people understood how good he was um but yeah he was he was amazing for us um, and because Axel and I are both obsessed with them, so Axel and I like giddy little school children, you know, get in and uh, learn how to fitfully nudging each other, you know. Like Drake Maverick, right? Was like, you know, he, he's a couple of years older than me. He's like, oh, I don't know if because it was elective, we didn't have to go to training. I was like, well, I'm going, it's up to you, you don't have to go, but I'm going. He's like, well, I have to go if you're going. So, and then afterwards, he'd be like, afterwards, he'd be like, well, I'm glad we went, you know. <laughs> But it was very cool. I'm getting to train with Axel as well. So, like, you know, he'd been away doing the NXT Europe stuff and whatever. So it was great that he was there and we were able to do a lot of the training together at the same time. So, you know, it, it was like um, all the all the cool parts of wrestling coming back together at the same time for me. So my, my, my final few months in NXT was a lot of fun for me. Like, good. That's good. Well, I mean, you, you know, mentioned it then, your, your final few months in NXT. So that was uh, two. 2001 era around that time if i'm correct uh yeah, 2021 2021 i was 16 and yeah, you know sorry, 2021 thank um, you about wrestling <laughs> <laughs> and after that i mean you haven't you haven't stopped you still haven't stopped so you know just a just a couple of things you went uh you know 2022 and even now you work with progress icw but you had you mentioned a man a while back that when you were in nxt insanity you were beating them up you were beating a man called ty dillon ty dillinger up you went into aw you've had one match in aw and you took on a man that you used to beat up sean smith how was that for you picking up and going into aw and taking on sean in a whole different persona from a, a 10 to a, oh shit, he's, he's a 10, like with a chair and yeah. everything. No, he, uh, I, th- I think I was able to return the favor. You know, he, he looked after us in NXT. I was able to look after him in AEW, you know, uh, give him the rub. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, AEW was, it just, it felt like a NXT meets, you know, the main roster because it was like everybody who I fucking knew was already there. Um, <laughs> It was really bizarre. Like once I'd met in the Indies as well. Like you know, like years before. So it was bizarre. Like I'd be, I was on a bunch of shows with QD Marshall and, and Christopher Daniels, and so I was on a lot of shows with them. So, like all the ones who I didn't know from WWE, I now knew from from the Indies. So 
Wheeler Yuta, all these other lads. So suddenly I'm in AEW. I honestly had a really fun experience. It was something that came together. The date changed a bunch of times and whatever. Um, I think, I, I don't know if that was meant to be the original opponent or whatever, but when, when we went there, it was like, okay, we only need like 90 seconds or whatever. I was like, well, cool, whatever. You know, jobs, that's the, the best part of wrestling. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't know what you're going to get. So, um, <laughs> would, it be, would it have been cool to get like five, six minutes? Absolutely. Could have showcased myself. But at the end of the day, you know, that's, they have a, a killer roster. They're going to do very well. Um, but, you know, the, I had a really fun experience. Um, I got to meet like a lot of my my friends. Like I hadn't seen Ruby in years. I hadn't seen like um, the Undisputed Boys in a while. Like um, now, I keep running into to Adam everywhere, which is which is hilarious. Like every every, I swear to God, every like every couple of months, I'm like, ah, you know what I mean. Um, that, honestly, it keeps happening. So, um, but like you know, I hadn't seen them all for for you know a couple of years, or whatever. So it was really fucking cool to see them. Like, um, and they chatting away to them, and I got on really well with. Um, Jeff and Matt, the um, they were ever rising in NXT, so um, they're part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. So like, I'm laughing with them idiots, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it's I've you know I, I, we kind of went through NXT that, that second period of NXT together. We we're in the same class together, having a laugh. So it was it was just like nothing had a change, you know. And then meeting all the younger ones, like you know the Gun Club and whatever else, and the acclaimed, whatever. They're all lovely fellas, and um, like uh, Tay is a big friend of my my wife, so I got I got to meet uh, Sammy and stuff like that as well. And then you know was, I ended up going to their wedding also. Like you know it was it was very cool like getting to to meet them before you know going going to their weddings. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a very good experience. And like AEW was like the crowd was so hot the entire night. You know it was awesome and it was fun. Like. You know, to for even if it was only a couple of minutes, you know, I got a, a two minute experience of it. So. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Well, you know, you are doing all of this. So, and at the moment, you know, this we're recording this after the well after the announcement yesterday. So, you are, you know, going forward, you are at the end of this month in Super Strong Style sixteen in progress. Absolute! I'm looking forward to it. I'm so glad I'm going to be there because it's going to be one hell of a tournament with yourself in. But tell us, you know, what is your plans going forward? Is there anything that you want to try and achieve? Is there anything that you might be able to tell us that we don't know yet, etc., etc.? What What is it for for Big Damo going forward? Honestly, my job now is to help grow these companies to the point where, as I said, like the bubble, like the 2015, like the 2016, there's no reason why one of these companies shouldn't be on television right now in the UK. It's it's kind of mind blowing that there there's the ready made audience there, and there's nothing coming out of out of the UK right now. So my job is to try and help that. If not, I want to be putting them into giant buildings as much as possible. I want to be back in the Hydro in Glasgow for ICW. I want to be in Ali Pali or Wembley Wembley Arena with with, with Progress. Um, I want I want to try and grow across the you know pretty much across the board because fans are there, the talents there. It, it, it's up to us to take the next step and we have to push it because being in the, the electric ballroom is, is cool um but that should not be the the end goal for progress wrestling um icw being in the garage is great you know it's the home of icw but that should not be the end goal for, for icw you know we, we did too much work for that to be the you know the, the end of, of a year for for the two companies so we need to be start thinking bigger my job is to try and help both 
I've been speaking with both companies. Um, just a little things here and there to be able to impart my own wisdom, wisdom um, and, and knowledge where, where possible to try and help. You know, um, and any time they ask me advice on on talents or whatever else, you know, I, I'll always give them an honest appraisal. But it's really hard to be be negative towards the the wrestling right now because it's been very fucking good. You know, mm. the, the young talent be coming through. I've been saying that before, and um, but from my own perspective, my my immediate goal is super strong style, baby. You know, I need to get I need to get out of the first round, right? I've yeah. always had a bit of bad luck with the super strong style yes. tournament. You know, yeah. I came up against Warren Banks last year. Warren Banks was on fire. He got all the way to the finals. So this year, you know, I need to I need to make make a fire of my own. Yes, after the super strong style, lit a fire in my belly. I went and won the world championship. I won the Atlas Championship, but that super strong style is always going to elude me um, unless I, I make a, a big song and dance about it, and that's what we'll be doing this year. So I'm very excited for it. I've seen they're bringing back a lot of lads from Progress's history, and I'm looking forward to kicking them all in the face. To be honest, it's going to be great. Oh, there we go. Oh, well, I'm going to ask. We've got two more questions. Well, it's a, it's a one question, but two-parter, and this... <laughs> This is going to, let's, let's see how we get on here with this one. So, Mount Rushmore in America, obviously, everyone's got one. You've got two to answer me for this. Your first one, your greatest of all times. Your your four greatest of all times that you love, you used to love watching, you still love watching or used to love watching. Your second one, your Mount Rushmore of four opponents that you have faced that you can go made me who I am today or you have just enjoyed facing up against. Yeah, shit. That's pretty good, actually. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. it's, it's less swear words than Nathan Cruz. I can tell you that one, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, opponents I wrestle, I'll go with first. Uh, yeah. Rampage Brown, Drew Galloway, or Drew McIntyre, both of them. Um, I think... Joe Coffey, because we wrestled each other about 30 times now. Um, yeah. It's it's actually embarrassing at this point. Um, and then, uh, let me see who else has really pushed me. Um, I'd say, this is probably unfair because it's two of them. Probably the Usos because they helped they help me understand tag wrestling um, in, a, in another level. Um, but I'm leaving out, like, Undisputed Era, I'm leaving out so many, I'm like, Nakamura, Ishii, like, there's so many lads who have left out there, um, but that would probably be personal to me, um, like along the way. Whereas a lot of the a lot of the guys who I was wrestling, I was maybe wrestling like um, at the same kind of time period. So along the way, th th those lads were, were very important. They they helped really get me to that next level. My own personal my Rushmore uh, for for. Um, who I thought were the goats, whatever else is really fucking hard. But uh, the first two would be, <laughs> I'd say Austin and Shawn Michaels both up there. Um, yep. And, ah, uh, fuck. Um, <laughs> These get everybody every time. It's yeah, it's tough, man. Because like, there, there's so many, there's so many wrestlers I've adored over the years. Um, like, if it's from, I'll say purely from watching and what, what they meant to me, um, I'll put uh, Danielson and Finley as my, my so that'll be my oh. four. Um, like, realistically, like, I, I know that, like, I should have a, a whole squadron of people if, if it was, you know, realistically, I could probably name you about 100 people who I've been obsessed with over the years and whatever else, but realistically from 
my own perspective, I've tried to model aspects of my career off of at Finley. I've been entertained for millions and millions of hours from Danielson, um, whereas Shawn Michaels and, and Austin, as a fan of pure wrestling, like growing up, um, I was a Rockers fan, you know, and then, you know, he becomes the, the, the bastard of a villain, you know, um, and then, you know, even like the, the, the foundations of, of DX. And then the consequence of that is, is Austin, like, like the, the, the way wrestling turned in 97 onwards, he was my hero, my utter hero. Um, and uh, like, it's nuts to think like, like what he was, you know, for all of us, you know what I mean? Like, like we were all utterly obsessed, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, if I was put on a more modern spin um, of, of the last like 10 years, whatever else, um, you'd be thinking like the likes of Kofi Kingston and stuff like that, because they've like shown that you can still be a hell of a person and be like a top performer and, and, and things like that. And like what he's done for, um, you know, for somebody who was you know born in, in, in West Africa, and stuff like that, it just, just is such a, such a story for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I genuinely love um, like real stories, you know, um, I said to him, like the likes of Brock and stuff like that, like just, you know, I watch him. I'm like, Holy fuck. You know what I mean? Like even, <laughs> even, even today, you know, um, but, he, but also the likes of Samoa Joe and stuff like that. There's just men there who like um, who really invigorated the big man style. Um, you know, Bam Bam Vader, Samoa Joe. I think Joe like kind of took their style to the next level. Um, and I, if it wasn't for him, I don't I don't know if there'd be a big demo. Um, so like I I don't I don't really praise him enough, you know. But like, I I adore watching him. Um, I I I got to wrestle him. Um, and I think it was in 2015. So, um, <laughs> um, in in Air Town Hall, um, or the Air Citadel, I think it was the Leisure Center. Sorry, um, a long time ago. So, um, so yeah, that's another. And then also I put Drew Drew McIntyre if it was the, on the more modern one because he's he's I think he's the epitome of what a a perfect wrestler is. He looks acts um and and wrestles the, the perfect way for a heavyweight wrestler nowadays i think he's outstanding i think he talks the talk and walks the walk and i'd be amazed if he's not we look back one day he's a multi-time champion hall of famer whatever else i, I think he's he's got it all and i was very blessed that i got to to pick his brain and, and work him a bunch of times so he'd be on uh, he'd be on uh he'd maybe be on both lists actually i think maybe i'd, I'd probably have him on the yeah i think I'd, he'd be on I'll allow, I'll allow you to have five. I'll allow you to have. Five. I, I, I think he'd be up there. But honestly, so if you're talking about my 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 goats, whatever else, Austin, Michaels, Danielson, and, and and Finley for me. But like, I'm messing out in so many. Oh. Um, like, there's just so many I've, I've adored wrestling and watching and everything else. So, but yeah, honestly, that's that's a bastard of a of a question, and uh, <laughs> I, I kind of hate you for it. So <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's all right. Well, look, demo. Thank you so much uh, for. All of our fans out there that have been listening, where can they find you? This is your time. Plug away. Absolutely. I've tried to make it really simple. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at Demo Mackle or uh, on Linktree, linktr.ee slash Demo Mackle. You'll find all my, my info um, where I'm going to be. This next week, I am in TNT on Friday for uh, in Liverpool. I'm in the Grado's Big Bash in Glasgow at the Pavilion on the, on the 13th. And I'm there for ICW Get the F Out on the 14th of May. Then I'm back again in the UK at the end of the month for Progress Wrestling for uh, the uh, Super Strong Cell Tournament. So I'm very excited for that. So that's where I'm going to be in the immediate future. I'll be back with OTT in the summer as well for any, any of my Irish 
Irish, Irish contingent listening. I promise I'll be back very soon. It's just it's just worked out the dates all seem to pile on to each other. But I will be back at OTT ASAP. That's I haven't talked about them enough. Um, OTT has been one of the coolest parts since I've came back. Um, we put two thousand people into into Dublin city centre, put a thousand people into Wolverhampton. I swear people are are sleeping on OTT. Not the crowds are turning up, but the, the internet seems to be sleeping on them because that roster is outrageous right now. So please, if you get a chance, have a look at OTT. Their on-demand service is absolutely incredible. They have a great setup there. They've got a wonderful production team as well. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Anybody who uh, who is a big fan of European wrestling hasn't really watched the Irish scene, take a wee cheeky look at the OTT. Um, obviously, I'll be I'll be back for Rev Pro later on in the year as well. Progress, I still and so many others. So I promise I'll be back in the UK quite a lot. You, you should be sick looking at me. I promise. Oh well, Damo, thank you so much. Um, the best of luck for Super Strong Style. Uh, honestly, from the uh, the heart of hearts, I look forward. To the uh, to the to the matches matches. You see what I said there, <laughs> and I also look forward to the final two. My man, my man, you got it. I got we're getting out, we're getting out of the first round, boys. We're getting there out. There we go. There we go. <laughs> up I'm backing you to win it. There you go. That's my man. It's been a hell of a year. Listen, calendar year in progress, right? From August onwards, I've been I've been world champion. I've been Atlas champion. Yeah. Why not super strong style champion? Come on. Let's get three for three. There we go. That's what I like to hear. There we go. There we go. Great. Thank you very much for coming and uh, being on your debut show on the podcast as well. Absolutely fantastic. For everyone listening, we have been the Real Wrestling Podcast. And as you know, we keep it real here at Real Wrestling. Peace. I'm just keeping it real, homie. I'm just keeping it real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just keeping it real, homie. I'm just keeping it real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this has been us keeping it real on the Real Wrestling Podcast.